Justin Weller. Jimmy Hassel. Welcome to MSP Startup Stories. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Appreciate it, man. How's it going? Man, it's going really good. Really, really good. You know, super busy for sure. It's never, ever slow from day one in the MSP community to uh, today. It doesn't really matter where you sit. Mondays are always tough and business is always running, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. You know, we could probably do a whole episode on everything you, you all have going on at Blackpoint and all the craziness, but we got to start way back before that. So you ready to get into it today? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm definitely going to put my, you know, 12 years ago hat on for you. So, <laughs> all right. So, well, let's go back 12 years. So, or maybe even further, I don't know, pre MSP, pre Weller IT solutions. What was life like? What were you doing like the couple of years leading up to starting your MSP? Yeah, I did a whole lot of customer service and sales before I really got into tech. You know, tech was always something that was a hobby. My dad ran an internet marketing, a web design company back in the day. I remember in my early teen years, coding in HTML 1.0, opening up notepad documents and uh, having to literally type out the code and change the file extension to .html. We didn't even have to we still had to put HTTP in back then so to be able to get on the website. So that's where I started, but I kind of, you know, hobbied, but more or less decided to kind of focus more on the sales customer service side of life and did that for about 12 years before I kind of got into tech. So what kind of like sale, what were you selling? What types Oof. of customer service roles? All sorts of things or? Man, this is going to make me sound like a terrible human being, but it started out in car sales. Believe it or not, okay. you know, I spent uh, two years at a Chevy dealership out here in Orange County, and I kind of rode the financial wave, to be super honest with you. You know, I did the whole car sales thing in the early 2000s. Then, like uh, everybody else in their early 20s, in the mid 2000s, I decided to get into home loans and real estate, did that for a little bit. When that dropped out of the market, I actually went to go be a debt negotiator and an advocate for consumers. So there was a lot of predatory lending that was happening during that time from credit card companies, a lot of usury, you know, massive, massive interest rates. Subprime was a, a great, great problem, right? So many people were given funds and put under pressure that they really could never pay back. And so now that the economy had dropped, they needed people to kind of negotiate. So I negotiated on the behalf of the consumer with the credit card companies for negotiating settlements for pennies on the dollar. That was one of my most fun jobs that I've ever had, being able to kind of tell organizations, hey, you know, I'll give you five cents on the dollar for this debt if you'll take it. And at the time they were taking it. So then I did, uh, you know, kind of rode that out and really did that before. I kind of got burnt out on sales, right? You do it for about decade plus. I had hair mm -hmm. before I got into sales, believe it or not, and then uh, lost it during that transition. And so at that point, I just took about you know, six to nine months off, didn't really take any jobs, do anything. And I went and got a book by a gentleman named Todd. I can't ever know if it's Todd Lamley or Todd Lamell, but uh, he's a CCNA, very well-known CCNA instructor, and uh, just read that book for, I don't know, nine months, went and took a test and tried to get into IT. That's kind of, that's kind of my pre-MSP story for sure. Wow. Okay. So, did it go, uh, you tried to find a job in IT and then, you know, it didn't work out. So you just started your own or did you actually go work somewhere in IT for a bit? Yeah, I definitely worked somewhere for a while. <laughs> it was hard, right? Because when I went to go yeah. get it, it was right. Are we about like 2008 now? Like we're 2009, 2010, like. So we're like 2010 now. Yeah, we're like 2010. Okay, so economy's destroyed, starting to come back a little bit, but massive unemployment, all sorts of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, just painting the picture here. 
And that's basically the story. So right when I tried to get into IT, we started seeing like kind of the bell curve starting to go up a little bit, so to speak, as far as the economy was going. The the devastation had already happened at that point. But, you know, the problem was, it's not like it was today, right? Where today, if we had some massive economic downturn like we did in 2007, 2008, people aren't cheaping out on IT anymore. Like we're not at a spot where well, you know, if something happened, we can go back to paper files. Like those days are long gone at this point in time. IT infrastructure is critical now. And so are MSPs. And I think that most businesses and small to medium-sized businesses or even especially enterprise know that now. At the time though, they didn't. So what everybody was cheaping out on was tech because they still had some other options. So the problem was, as I'm trying to break into tech, there's like a literal ocean of people that are qualified, have on-the-job experience, that have tons of experience in this area, but also are willing to take a massive reduction in what they were used to being paid just because they're looking for a job at this point. And so here I am, here's Justin just being like, hey, I you know, used to build computers for friends and I've got this paper that says that I know what I'm doing, you know what I mean? So it was actually a real challenge. It was actually a real challenge, but I had an, an incredible stroke of luck, an incredible blessing that happened. There's a, a gentleman that I used to know that in my early 20s before we'd lost contact for five or six years. And uh, basically, it was a random post on Facebook, believe it or not, where it said, hey, if you know anybody looking to break into the IT industry, we're an MSP here in Orange County, California, that we pride ourselves on you know, training up from the ground up. And I was like, sign me up. you know. So that's kind of how I got into the MSP game. Wow. It's funny how it works, right? You end up there at that time, but I'm sure, you know, like not to pick on used car salesmen, right? But like to go from that experience, like that is so valuable later when you're trying to get your business off the ground. I'm sure, you know, as the story goes on, we'll, we'll get into that, but customer service, learning how to negotiate debt negotiations, learning how to sell things within a budget, right? Like just sales in general, right? MSPs business, right? There's a lot of tech, right? But like, there's a lot of people who understand tech too. A lot of it's customer service and sales, right? (laughs) Like so much. I would say the overwhelming majority of it is, right? I mean, the truth is, is that I say this joke all the time, and this is kind of what happened to me. I really don't know anybody that woke up one day and was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be an MSP. Right. So often they end up being, you know, similar to my story, which, like I said, we'll get into. But, you know, they were a tech. They worked at an MSP for a period of time and either through redundancies or layoffs or the firm closed down or, hey, they just decided that, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Whatever the purpose is, they understand tech. But the business side, the sales side, the customer service side, that's the difficult side. Right. That's the piece that really can separate and make and break you as an MSP. Yeah. So, okay. So you're working, presumably a help desk role, right? Entry level or, yeah. you know, learning everything, bit of everything, I'm sure. Yeah. How long was it in the business before you went and started your own? So I was at that MSP for either just shy of five years or just over five years. I can't remember if I hit the five years or I didn't hit the five years, but I took the track that most people take, right? I, I started off as a a level one service desk tech. And then, you know, about six months into it, I got promoted to a a level two, purely out of drive on my end. I got in there, got in there thinking to myself that I was going to be this awesome person, super, super mid-20s, late-20s hubris at that point, for sure. And then realized how much I didn't know when I got around some actual, like, smart technicians that knew what they were doing. 
So I just went and literally spent the next six months just, I would work 60 hour weeks and study every single weekend and got a whole bunch of different certifications, which, you know, are not the final point, but they help you get started. So I became a level two tech. I also became the service desk lead and then went into a project engineer role and then a project manager role before I kind of went out and ventured on my own at that point. I guess it's like 2014-ish, right? You, uh... I think it was 2008, 2018, I think, is when I left. So, 2018. so 2010, okay. 2012 is when I kind of started really studying, so to gotcha. speak. And and then... I might have actually messed those time frames up, actually. I think 2012 is when I started studying. I got started at the MSP, I believe, in like summertime of 2013. And then 2018 is when I went to go start the incredibly uniquely and uh, catchy name of Weller IT Solutions. Weller IT Solutions. So tell me, Weller IT Solutions, was it born out of uh, somebody needed help and you started doing it on the side or or was it, here's my business plan, I'm going to go out and do this thing and like, what was the infancy of it, I guess? Man, you know, I would love to tell this story about how Justin was so smart and he sat down for months and he built out his business plan and here's my marketing plan and here's how I'm going to do it. And I had six months worth of bills saved up, but actually 0% of that is true. Unfortunately, I kind of went in with an understanding of pricing. I went in and really just tried to somewhat replicate the place that I was at. What helped me out a lot was coming out of the MSP community and being there for yeah. so long. I was able to at least because of my previous experience while I was working at the MSP that I was working at, it allowed me to kind of see like, oh, here's how they do it. Here's their business process. Here's kind of is. So, so much of it was mm -hmm. just in my head that I was more or less replicating it up front. But because I'm a salesman at heart, my number one focus was my go-to-market strategy. That was my number one focus. It was at the end of the day, in the very beginning, I would take anyone's money, right? Like, oh, you want me to you want me to do a quick little, you know, PC health checkup? Great. That'll be, you know, X amount of dollars and just one and done kind of a thing. But I also knew that one thing that a lot of people didn't do in the MSP community really well was ask for referrals. Mm. That was a big thing that I saw lacking from a lot of organizations. They spent all of this time on marketing and budgeting. But the truth is, is that it's kind of like a blind date, right? I mean, the best possible way that you can you know, get in on that is having that warm handoff, that warm intro. So how I started, it was essentially, I just, I'd gotten to a point where I'd you know, been working there for about five years. And um, you know, we were kind of making some changes at the MSP that I was working at as far as where they were going, you know, type of clientele they were going after. And I just said, well, you know, I mean, in the middle of this change, I think that I'm just going to go try and kind of do things on my own. And that's really kind of how it was born. It wasn't some huge long process. It probably took me about two weeks worth of sitting back thinking if I can do it. And I just more or less ripped the bandaid off and just said, hey, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And the reality was in my mind, and again, I'm probably saying way more than I thought I was going to say on this, but the reality is that I was confident in my abilities as a technician. I was confident in my abilities as my networking, you know, my security background, my systems admin background, just kind of where I was. And I thought to myself, well, hey, I can give this thing six months to a year. And if I don't see the momentum, finding a job in the MSP community and, you know, people are always looking for good technical talent back then. Now it's even more so, right? Yeah. Well, so at this time, at this stage in like the MSP community's life, it was pretty developed, you know, there like it was the whole break fix to MSP movement was happening. Yep. The conferences, the data cons and all the sure. IT nations are there of all peer groups. Like 
the MSP as like an industry term was pretty well developed. Yeah. How involved were you in that? Like, did you have exposure to that world before you started your business or? Yeah, I definitely did. Right. Cause it went from that break fix model to more of like a VAR type value added reseller model. Right. And then it, that was only there for a little bit and then it kind of became MSP. So I would say probably 2013, we still had break fix was kind of on the outs, so to speak. There was still a lot of people that were doing it. But the winds had been blown already, so to speak, right? Yeah. Like the winds hadn't changed, but they're, or, you know, completed, but they were pretty well done. Everybody knew that that wasn't the way to go ahead and do it anymore. And MSPs was pretty common. There were still a ton of VARs that were out there. And I think I came in right yeah. in like the tail end of that VAR to MSP transition. So, you know, being able to see it and being able to really kind of build it out as a MSP version 2.0, right? It's like being a second generation. Anything is helpful because you got to learn from the first generation type thing. So I was there for part of it. And I think that actually helped me out a lot to not have to make a lot of the same mistakes as far as like pricing and, you know, what do I want my gross margin to be and all of those different things that that was all pretty well established at that point in time. And so did you have employees? Uh, no. So I was a, a one person shop and my goal was what I went into it immediately with was I wanted to be and keep in mind, my goal was to like be doing this today. Like my goal when I got into the MSP mm -hmm. space, I I thought, you know, June of 2023, I, I would still be doing it at this point. And if I could, I would still be doing it by myself. Now, at the time, I didn't have to worry about, you know, literally like Russia and China and all those different companies. Like I, I just, <laughs> like it just, it was a different world, you know, back yeah. then for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, it's amazing how much has changed in, in such a short period of time. But with that being said, I didn't have any employees. My goal was to try to keep it as automated as humanly possible. And really, I was going to try to find a way to keep myself to about four to 500 endpoints and automate about as much as I possibly could to manage it all myself before I started even thinking about getting another employee. No, that's a good business model. I mean, it's uh, I know that there's a um, like a one like the typical makeup of uh, someone in the MSP industry is very optimistic and, you know, you need a little bit of it to go out and right. you know, be have that entrepreneurial background. But to focus from the beginning on margin and automation and building a profitable, sustainable business over, you know, get as much in the door as possible. That could be the difference between a, a great awakening later, right? Yeah. <laughs> and by that, I mean a, a great ending. A hundred percent. I mean, because the truth is this. You can always scale down on pricing. Mm -hmm. It is very hard to scale up on pricing. And I knew that going in, that if I was going to, I was basically going to swing for the fences. If I could get, you know, 80% margin on, let's call it 20 customers, right? And then found out I couldn't get that. And I said, okay, great. Well, let me go ahead and try and get 40% gross margin on 40 customers, right? Like, like the, the numbers yeah. still work out to be the exact same, but it's easier for me to go down than it is for me to go up, right? Yeah, 20 on 20 is not, you know, that's in danger territory. Agreed, 100%. But I mean, for example purposes, obviously, right? Yeah. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, start at 80 and then instead of, uh, you know, land at 40, instead of start at 40 and land at 10 or 20. Right. Love it. Okay, so how long uh, did you have Weller IT solution? Obviously, you know, you got the Blackpoint shirt on. Yeah, uh, sorry. People have saw the promo videos. I talked about in the beginning a little bit, and people know you out in the community. So, like, how's the story go? Man, it's kind of crazy. I told you, you know, my goal here was to basically be doing IT work for, like, ever, right? Mm. But what happened was this, and this is the true story. So, I got into IT 
because my heart, I like actually, I really like helping people, right? One of my favorite things yeah. about sales, one of my favorite things about customer service was being a, you know, I know that I started out in car sales, but the reason why I did so good was because I wasn't your typical, you know, 80s car salesman. My goal was to really find out what it is that you wanted and, and get you the thing that you desired at that point. That's the approach that I took in everything. And I took the same approach to IT, right? The reason why I got into IT was I realized very quickly that there is no one in the world that's happier than the person that has a presentation in 15 minutes with their boss and somehow accidentally deleted it and you got it back for them, right? Like yeah. that's the thing. So as a help desk technician, I was able to help end users, right? Then I took a step back as a lead, as service desk lead, I was then able to take and lead a team of help desk people mm -hmm. that help more end users, right? Then I became a little bit farther back and now I became an MSP owner that now help business owners that help. You see what I'm saying? So every step I'm taking a step back and I'm able to kind of help more and more and more and more people. Well, that's where my trajectory was gonna end. I was just gonna continue to grow that and train more people to do those things. What happened was, was within about two weeks, both myself and the VP of operations at the MSP that I was working at, we both left. He went to go work for a MSP vendor and I went to kind of go out on my own thing. So he became a sales engineer for one of those organizations. And uh, throughout that process, you know, he was still a very, very good friend of mine. He's the one that actually had the Facebook post that, uh, that got me into the MSP. We'd known each other for literally, gosh, 15 years at this point. Wow. So, all of a sudden, about six months into my journey, he calls me up and he says, hey, I think that I'm gonna become an SE manager at this organization. I need to backfill my position. I think that you'd be perfect for this role. You're not a, a salesperson that got into tech. You know, you're a tech guy that got into sales that got back into tech kind of a thing. You know what I mean? And mm. so I was like, okay, great. Let's go, you know, you know, I basically told him no in the beginning. I told, said, no, I'm really not interested. I, I love what I'm doing. I'm going to keep doing it. My business was growing at that point. I was adding one or two customers a month at that point, which was very manageable, very sustainable. Plus, I had a lot of project work that I was doing as well. So I was able to kind of really kind of build it up pretty dramatically. But then as time went on and as time went on and as time went on, he just kind of kept, you know, hitting on me. Hey, man, I think you could do this. I think you could do this. I think you just I said, after about nine months or so of him reaching out to me, I finally said, okay, you know what? Let me take a look into this. And I took a look at the role and I took a look at the company and I took a look at, you know, kind of what it all was. And I was like, I might want to do this because here's the deal, Jimmy. I'm going to tell you this right now. He's the literal, and I've said this for years, he's the literal only person in the entire world that could have gotten me to think about not running my own business anymore and to go mm. work. And when you go work for somebody else, you're not getting a job, you're getting a boss, right? And because I'd worked for him for so long, I knew how he operated. He was very much a, hey, here's your playing field, go play, right? Kind of a person. Yeah. And so that was what it was gonna be. And that's kind of how I got into it. I became a, uh, after three and a half years, I was, a, for three and a half years, I was a, a senior sales engineer and uh, did really well. And that's how I got into the vendor space. I was only, I think I did Weller IT solutions for about a year and a half or so. Wow, you know, it's so interesting because we've had all these different people on telling their stories and, you know, you're the first one to, uh, like the, where this is the story, right? Where it's like, so sure you're gonna do this forever, right? And go on the next 10 years growing it out and then to take a turn, right? And, you know, having that, mentor type person along the way and guiding you a bit. It's so interesting. And, and um, like, it seems to me that there's no regrets, right? You're in a really good place. 
I see. Yeah. I mean, you can speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, listen, I mean, you always have questions about like what could have been right. But I'm the yeah. kind of person I try to not get too caught up in all of that. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. you made the decision and you made the decision. I'm, I'm a person that's like, hey, let's try it. Right. Let's see what it's like. And I'm confident in my ability to be able to go back. There's not a whole lot of pride in saying, hey, I, I shot the bullet and I missed hard. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go back to knowing what I know. And I think that just having that kind of awareness about kind of who I am and, and what I do uh, made it easy to make the jump. But to be super honest with you, I don't think that I've ever had any more fun than working at a, a channel vendor, to be super honest with you. I, I wouldn't have put myself in that. I wouldn't have seen it coming. But now that I'm here, I think it's extremely accurate for me to say that there's really no regrets. So could you just explain what sales engineer is? Because I think it's a you know, post-exit job for a lot of MSP yeah. founders and co-founders. I've seen a lot of them out in the space. I mean, a lot of the top people in on the vendor side, like speakers and stuff, a lot of them have either been former MSP owners right. or former, you know, VP of ops or whatever. So maybe you could just talk about like what that job is sure. and how the transition goes from working on the tech side to the vendor side, because I think yeah. it is something that a lot of people might be interested in. Definitely. I mean, if you're interested in it, the first thing is sales engineer is like a catch-all term similar to like MSP is, right? There's different flavors and there's different yeah. types of things. You've got your, you know, principal sales engineers, you've got, you know, uh, post-sale engineers, you've got pre-sales. Now, typically though, when you think of sales engineering, you're going to think of like a pre-sales technical resource. You're Number one role is to get the technical win. That's the job role. So what you're gonna be doing is you wanna make sure you have a really, really, really good relationship with your salespeople, the ones that are responsible for making sure that they have the connection and the relationship with the customers, right? That way you can have the conversation with them and say, hey, listen, what are their needs? Really understand what their business is. Are they verticalized? Are they not verticalized? What are they trying to accomplish? Why? Are they on the phone with you today from a technical perspective? Because the truth is this, in 2023, no one's got an extra 30 minutes or an hour to be on a phone call with you as a salesperson. There's a reason why they're here. And so if that's the case, your job as the sales engineer is to make sure that you have done the discovery correctly from a technical perspective to make sure that you understand what is it that they need from a technical perspective. Sometimes it's giving education, right, from a technical side. Sometimes it's demonstrating the product, right? But you demonstrate it in a way that goes directly to what it is that they're looking for, right? That's their purpose. Like, hey, this particular person, for instance, you know, like Blackpoint and CyberQP, we've got a lot of different, we have like an overarching theme of what it is that we do, but there's a lot of different products. There's a lot of different areas yeah. we'd want to be able to go through. They're kind of that ecosystem type of thing. Well, listen, if they're not interested in this one part of the ecosystem, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that one part of the ecosystem. Find out what it is that they need, focus on that particular area, get the technical win in that, but also if you want to branch into it, we also have these kinds of things, right? So over, it's a really long way for me to say your goal is to get the technical win. That is your goal as a sales engineer, but you do it in a way that's consultative. And I think that's where so many people kind of miss it on the sales engineering side. They are just kind of clicking buttons saying, here, you go here for this, you go here for this, you go here for this. That's great, but that's more of an onboarding type conversation, right? When it comes to a mm -hmm. sales engineering role, your number one job is to understand why are they on the call with you today? 
I work with my particular rep. I say, hey, why are they talking to us today? What is the reason why they're on this call? And what is it that they need to see? And you just continue to show them how we can solve their problem from a technical perspective on our end. So do you think it's a natural, like is my assumption that it's a, uh, a pretty good natural career transition path for someone working in MSP? A hundred percent. I'll tell you this, especially if you've used the products. That's the other thing mm. as well, right? So yeah. the organization that I went to, I used the software every single day as a level one tech, level two tech, service desk lead, project engineer, project manager, and a business owner. So not only do I get to tell you what the button is, but I get to tell you why the button's there and how I solved a problem in my own experience, right? Telling your story, the value of your story cannot be overstated in any way, shape or form, right? And so that's where the consultation comes into play. I am no longer just telling you, hey, this is Justin from Blackpoint that's you know selling you Blackpoint products. No, this is Justin from Blackpoint who sat in your chair and this is why this button's here because I remember when I had this problem, I wish I had this solution type of a thing, right? Now, keep in mind, your goal is to get them to buy, right? I mean, that's what your job is. We all have a job function, just like MSP's job function is to get new customers, right? It's no different. We're not hiding from that fact. But the truth is, if you don't fit, I'm not trying to spit, you know, put a square peg into a round hole, right? I want to make yeah. sure that I can get you in. So as far as a natural transition, I think it's a clear path. If you're, you know, in a spot where you're exiting an MSP or you're looking for a change, very much so. Technical salespeople are in very high demand right now. It's very hard to find somebody that has both of those skill sets. Well, and, you know, talk about your original reason, right? The why behind everything you do, right? Wanting to be able to help people. Right. It sounds like you're able to do that today at scale with MSP business owners. That's correct. So what's life like today at uh, Blackpoint Cyber? Oh, man. It's super fun. Let me go ahead and throw that out there right from the get-go, man. It has been super fun. I've been enjoying it. We are innovating at a rate that is, you know, it's good to be at an organization where if you've got problems, it's because you're growing so fast and the product works so well. I sound like such a homer when I say that. And I admittedly know that, that it sounds like I'm trying to plug the organization. But the similar thing, the reason why this transition was so easy for me was because the last vendor that I worked at was the exact same way. It was hyper growth. They were continuously adding products or acquiring organizations to kind of fill that stack and be more or less a one-stop shop for MSPs. And they were 100% focused on the channel at the time, right? And that was the goal. And that's what I enjoyed about Blackpoint as well. So, you know, spending every single day kind of waking up and making sure that I'm working with the engineering team to kind of, you know, keep an wow. ear on the, you know, the ground, so to speak, to the MSP community, working with the MSPs themselves saying, hey, where are we at today? Like, what is it that we're doing right? What is it that we're doing wrong? What do you need? But also working with our SOC, working with our threat intel team saying, hey, what are you seeing at the forefront of attacks right now? What are some things that we can prototype? What are some things that we can build? Roundtabling that with MSPs, right? Doing tabletop exercises with those kind of organizations, right? To kind of say, hey, what does this particularly look like for you? Is this going to be helpful? Is it not going to be helpful? Just all of those different things. That's kind of where I stand today. That's, you know, keeping an ear on that. And then, man, being able to try to get out to some events and shake some hands and and really get to know people more. Party with Nelly. Yeah get out to some events and party with Nelly. <laughs> Nelly, that's right. That's right. One of our uh, our team members last week over at PAX 8, or the, this week over at PAX 8, they actually uh, stole her phone and took it on stage. And so she's got some incredibly excellent shots 
on stage of Nelly. And so all of us were literally today, all of us were just like, were you on stage with Nelly? Like it was a very <laughs> interesting situation to be in. I love it. Well, so do you have any uh, advice for someone who maybe is thinking about transitioning over to the vendor side, maybe considering a sales engineer role specifically? Yeah, there are a lot of really, really, really good resources out there for you. My advice would be take a look at a couple of the, there's like, you know, the pre-sales collective. They are somebody that I really, really enjoy. When I was leading, I was a team lead for my sales engineering team that I would have them go take a look at that when we brought new sales engineers on. Say, hey, hop in there, take a look at what's going on. Another thing, there is a book called, the I want to say it's called The Six highly effective habits of sales engineers or six habits of highly effective sales engineers or something like that. Now keep in mind, like no skin in this game whatsoever, but it's, <laughs> it's a really short read, but it's also very, very good at letting you know what a day in the life is going to look like, right? So many people are like, oh, I hear sales engineering is fun. And I hear that I can, you know, do well financially at it. And while those things may be true, if you get into it and hate it, you're never going to enjoy it, right? You're never going to be a happy individual and you'll probably burn out to be super honest with you. Sales engineering is not a, hey, let me hang out and do kind of nothing all day role, right? I mean, you're probably going to be doing five, mm -hmm. six, seven demonstrations a day that you've also got to have time to take notes on those demonstrations and work with this the sales process, do proof of concept setups, right? Those kinds of things as well. You got to understand the things from a technical side as well as the demonstration side. So I would start in both of those areas before jumping in. And, you know, you can probably figure out whether you're going to like it within a few weeks, to be really honest with you. The book is, I think, a, a you know, hundred and some odd pages, real, real easy, informative read, and it'll give you a good understanding. That's probably my advice. Take a look at, at what you're getting into before you jump in with both feet. Oh, great. No, that's great advice. I might even have to give that book a read. It, it sounds like an interesting one. It's a good read. Yeah. So uh, any closing thoughts here before we wrap up? You know, I just got to say, this has been super fun. I love what it is that you do personally for the community. You're such an engaging guy and uh, really, really enjoyed being on this today. And man, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thanks for joining. Appreciate kind words and, and your participation. It's always fun to go back in time a bit and, and yeah. uh, you know, I had fun uh, quizzing you on your past. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, man. Yeah, right. I, I had a good time talking about it for sure. And, you know, hopefully I can, you know, help some people along the way. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, until next time. Cool. Sounds good, Jimmy. Thank you.